Welcome to the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Home Roots. We're celebrating. Yes, we are. We're celebrating some people, and we're celebrating some culture, and we're doing it with a string of five concerts airing every Friday in April 2022. We're doing it on side door so you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own living room. And we're putting together 15 of Canada's world-class musical talents. We're putting them on stage together to collaborate a little bit. They're doing it like in the round workshop style. It's going to be fun. You don't want to miss it. So we'll have more information about that later in the show. It's all inspired by this event from 1980. A wild traveling folk festival went all around Alberta. We want to take you back there and tell you the story. So just settle back, and we're going to transport you back to 1980 to the original Traveling Good Time Medicine Show. Gather round, gather round, kind people, gather round. I've got good news for you, yes, good news. Music is medicine. That's right, music is medicine. Healing can be derived from music in many ways. We all need healing, don't we? I look at you here, right here in the front, sir. You need healing. There's no doubt about it. You would like your healing to come from something as enjoyable as music, would you not? Yes, you don't need to snake oil tonic, do you? No. The body moves, as we know, in involuntary ways when encountering an agreeable beat. Lost memories are triggered by rediscovered songs. I suggest modern science is just beginning to discover the ways that sound affects matter. How vibrations impact our bodies. Yes, yes. The effects of music are physical. They're emotional. And they're psychological, but they're also cultural. It's very important, the cultural aspects. People, we bond through ceremony. That's what brings you here today, sir. That's what brings you, ma'am, here today. You have come to enjoy connection with your fellow people through ceremony, by sharing experiences. So community ties strengthen and expand while we celebrate here today. This is the patent treatment we dispense at the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show. It's a trusted remedy, wholesome and natural. And we're pleased to be with you today, pleased to make good on our commitment to provide quality musical entertainment for the whole family, a history of which goes back decades, you know. Thank you, decades. The story centers around an intrepid married couple from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Mitch Podolik and Ava Kabrinsky. They possess the drive, vision, and skills to create iconic venues and festivals that would blossom into cultural institutions like Home Roots, the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and Winnipeg's West End Cultural Center, just to name a few. Their legacy goes beyond bricks and mortar, though. It's more important than just tents and stages. Let's begin back in 1980, when Mitch hatched an ambitious plan to spread the gospel of folk music across the Canadian prairies. Holger Peterson, Edmonton-based radio host, longtime influencer, and someone who helped shape the world of Canadian music, reflects on what the folk music scene was like in 1980. Well, 
a lot of it came down to uh, a radio station CKUA, which is incredibly important to this community and the uh, the arts uh, and the culture of this this community. CKUA had been playing folk music in various forms and and alternative kinds of music, all kinds of music. We also had a history of having a wonderful folk club here called the Hobble, which was more than a folk club, but uh, that was the stop that uh, traveling folk artists, blues artists, uh, some jazz artists, you know, there was like a Wednesday or Thursday beer night there, and we'd have a blues band there and be able to sell beer. And there was just a lot of underground activity. And uh, there were some folk clubs in Edmonton as well that were run by some really dedicated people. And they would bring in, you know, Celtic artists and and this and that. So I think the environment was pretty ripe. It was fertile ground for establishing some permanent folk music infrastructure. Six years prior, in 1974, Mitch launched the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which had become a popular and recognized event locally, across Canada, and abroad. He knew well enough that they had developed a very scalable, sustainable festival model. But the primary obstacle of repeating it was the sizable financial investment required to launch an initiative the magnitude of a music festival. The folk community had few private benefactors that could donate or sponsor such an endeavor, so the obvious place to seek startup capital for a folk festival was, and still is, from the public sector. Enter Alberta 75. The lavish Diamond Jubilee celebrations to mark Alberta's 75th year as a province. Alberta's government set aside the modern equivalent of over $250 million to fund projects ranging from commemorative coins to temporary waterfall installations and even a traveling folk festival. Holger Peterson discusses the significance of the Good Time Alberta Medicine Show and Traveling Folk Festival. It was really the foundation of the first Edmonton Folk Music Festival, of course. Don Whalen had the vision of having a folk festival in Edmonton, and it happened to line up with the 75th anniversary of the province. Mitch, through his generosity, came out here a few times, and Don and I and Mitch met with various people at uh, levels of government, including the city. And uh, then we met with Horace Smith, who is the Minister of Culture for the province. And it was it was a really funny meeting. We walked in. And Horst was a bit of a character. He, he played polka music in various bands and worked with Gaby Hawes and, and a very approachable, uh, friendly guy. So we got into his office at the Alberta legislature. And, and the first thing he said was, how much is it that you guys are trying to screw me out of? <laughs> and that kind of broke the ice. And we told him what the vision was. Mitch, of course, was was great because he had already been through this. He he really kind of made it all happen at these meetings. In the end, I think we got $89,000 from the, the province. And that was that gave us the money for the infrastructure and the first year of the Edmonton Folk Festival, which included all those people that, that were part of the, the Traveling Folk Festival. Suze Casey, who was responsible for artist hospitality on the original Traveling Folk Festival, recalls this. As I remember there being a letter, like, like in the mail, you know, coming from Mitch Padala to Mansell Davies, who was our then artistic director for the Calgary Folk Club, saying, I have this project called the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show, and I'd like to bring it to Calgary. Would you folks be interested in being the boots on the ground to start it up? And there was big conversation about it. And I was um, quite young and quite naive, and I was like, well... I was at the Mariposa Folk Festival. I mean, how hard can it be? 
And so we just kind of, we, you know, I mean, that was my perspective. We didn't do it because I said that, but I mean, that was where I was kind of coming from and how hard can it be? And so, so that's where it began. Are we intrigued? Do you want more? Yes, of course you want more. <laughs> but before we get on with the story, let's hear from our musical guest, Burnstick, appearing April 1st on the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll do an introduction. Yeah, we'll do an introduction. Okay, ladies first. You, you go first. Me first? Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Burnstick. I am one half of the group Burnstick. And I am Nadia Burnstick, the other half of the group Burnstick. <laughs> We've told this story before, but yeah. we met in a Iqaluit, Nunavut. Jason was playing music for Aboriginal Day Live, and I was on the production uh, team. And so we met up north, but then we, like, re-met, <laughs> like, several yeah. months later, and realized we lived, like, only a few, like, blocks away from each other in Winnipeg. And then our first date, we, I, we wrote a song. Yeah. We wrote a song. Yeah, we have it. I have a, a little paper with like chords on it that I have in a frame. That was from like our first date. Yeah, kept it. Kept it. Yeah. That was cool. We were both kind of solo artists as well. So we kind of did our own thing. But I was kind of getting to that place where I just wanted something different. And maybe Nadia did too. And then we just jammed out and played together a bit and wrote a song and um, it's it sounded nice. It just worked, and it was really effortless. But we realized that there was something there, and I was like, okay, well, let's just let's do this, because I didn't really have any interest in going on on my own anymore, quite honestly. We still do like solo things, but it's not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I would much rather sing mm -hmm. together and tour together and play together and write together, and all of that is so much more fun. Yeah. I think it's also become clearer what we are and who we are and what we're putting out there when our son came into this world. Like, I know for me, my priorities changed, but that also made it a lot more clear as to what I want to do with our music and what kind of message we put out there and what we write about. And so, I, I mean, it's super hard having, <laughs> having a toddler, um, but... I also think that there's something magical about that. Leonard um, from Home Roots contacted us to be part of a, another sort of in the round live show at the Western Cultural Center a few months or a few months ago, I would say. Um, it was like this blues thing and it was super fun. And so that's where we met him and he was like, I want you guys to be part of this other show. And he told us who we'd be playing with, with Small Glories and Ariane, who I've known for a really long time. And we were, we were just thrilled to be part of that. Both times that we played, it was super good time. It was just felt good to get out there and play again. Yeah. And good energy on stage. It's good times. I had done the uh, Home Roots, but in French as a solo artist several years ago. Um, with Shemai Shenu, so I was already aware of, of Home Roots, but we've never done it as Burnstick yet, so the actual the actual Home Roots tour, so hopefully we get to do that one day. I feel like every everyone went into the pandemic and had nothing to do and was able to write, and we went into the pandemic like with a toddler and it was impossible to do anything. So, <laughs> so we haven't written in like three years, and so we just got back to writing, which is super, super fun. And we have some new material and very excited to, to start recording again. But I definitely, I think we're looking to put a lot more 
energy and driven songs into this next project, I think is what we're looking at doing. Like, I think that when we were writing for the first album, it, I would just write a song and it would become a Burnstick song, right. or, or Jason would write a song and it would just kind of become a Burnstick song. Whereas now, I think we have this focus of we know what works for us and we know how to build those songs right from the get-go as as these Burnstick folk roots songs. And I, I like that focus and I think that we can already hear that focus in in all in all of the songs that we've written so far for the new album it sounds like us whereas like I feel like on the first album there was a little bit of you know some songs that were more like oh those are Nadia's songs and some of the songs that were like oh those are Jason's songs and we kind of made them Burnstick songs but here they're really like these are these are the duo yeah <laughs> creating something with somebody it's just like it's not all like sweet you know because it's pretty intense passion stuff you know but we also have a lot of respect for each other so like we have different writing styles, mean you. So when we yeah. when we do set out to sort of write a song, it doesn't always gel really easily, but I think that we're getting the hang of it. So it's fun. What's that you say? Oh, April 1st is when Burnstick performs. That's right, good question, my good sir, good question. April 1st, you'll want to get your tickets. Homeroots.ca, yes. 1980s Good Time Alberta Medicine Show and Traveling Folk Festival featured acts including Stan Rogers, Sylvia Tyson, Connie Calder, Jim Post, Valdi, and others. This rolling stable of talent served pop-up folk festivals across the province that summer, in some cases leaving a lasting impression. I will always remember Stan singing Mary Ellen Carter at the pouring rain and the steam coming off his head. You know, <laughs> this thing halo of steam around him, um, you know, or, or uh, one of the crew piggybacking Valdi through the mud to get him to his side stage so he could do his workshop and he didn't get his white pants dirty, you know, like with mud, like you just did what you had to do to make it happen, you know, and, and like backstage hospitality that first year literally was a couple of rented coffee urns and a hibachi and some, and some coolers. Valdine Seco, a co-producer of the event, recounts her involvement with the show. There were nine acts on the tour. Eight of them were on the evening concert stages, and every night was closed by somebody who was on the Traveling Folk Festival and Good Time Medicine show. So it was a big deal because it, it was, it was the, the anchor that started the Edmonton Festival, in a sense. It, it kind of was the thing that got it going. Even if it was just Calgary and Edmonton, the fact that those two are still running all these years later is pretty great. You know, there probably would have ultimately been festivals in Western Canada, but for sure, Calgary traces its roots to the Traveling Good Time Medicine show. This act of bringing music to the people would affect Mitch profoundly, and he would routinely recollect the joy of producing this event, dreaming, scheming, and conspiring to one day recreate it. My name is Jason Arkley, and I'm the head of production for uh, Home Roots. Well, Mitch and I used to uh, go out for breakfast and lunches quite a bit and a, a very consistent theme in our conversations for, I would say, the majority of our 20-year uh, relationship together was uh, talking about uh, reconstituting a traveling festival uh, because he had done this one in Alberta. 
and had been a part of a few of those things. He saw the power of them and was always looking at all of the different events that he was putting on um, kind of through that lens of building community around it. And he really, really wanted to go out and do another big traveling festival across the country. Mitch was really into the Chautauquas, tours that would go from town to town by train and come in and set up the big Chautauqua tents and, you know, have the snake oil salesmen and, you know, um, have musicians, but also have like preachers preaching at them and would have university professors talking about archaeology and, you know, in Egypt and like these big shows. Um, but I think for the main part, it's also just, you know, trying to get as many musicians uh, as much work as possible, which I think is always been kind of at the core. The desire to break down barriers between artist and audience, a compulsion to refine the experience and reduce it to essential elements. These are guiding principles of what we at Home Roots are all about. It's the Podolik Kabrinsky way, and it's been life enhancing for a great many people over the decades. Mitch died in 2019. In the months that followed his passing, Home Roots found itself in a very uncertain, confusing, and, and challenging position. The world had some curveballs to throw at our team, and they would discover a new method to help navigate the bumpy road ahead. I encourage you to tune in next episode, and we'll tell you just how those challenges were met. So you having fun yet? You ready for episode two? Well, in the meantime, if you'd like to explore the music of Home Roots and the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show, we've created a playlist of featured content available for listening on Spotify or Apple Music. Just search for the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show playlist, follow, and press play. Now would also be a good time to go purchase your tickets for the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show's streamed events. There's five shows, remember, you can buy them as a package or take them individually. First show's April 1st, Burnstick, Salad, the Small Glories, some of the absolute best singers we have in Winnipeg. You're going to want to check that out and the rest of the shows. Visit homeroots.ca for tickets and more information. I'm your host, Jackson Haldane. Our producers are Jordan Moore of The Pod Cabin and Tim Fraser of the Murdoch Podcast Network. Our executive producer is Jason Arkley of Home Roots. Big shout out to our staff, Leonard, Ava, Kathy, everyone working so hard at the office. Thanks so much. If you want to be a host and bring live music into your home, we can facilitate house concerts, put you on a circuit, get some of Canada's best artists coming through and performing for you and your friends. Contact us. We'll let you know. Thanks to Factor and the Canadian Arts Council for funding this project, and to you for listening. See you next time for another dose of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show podcast.